Welcome to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. In this episode, we talk about what to expect with the upcoming release of DITA 2.0. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah O'Keefe, and I have Chris Eberlein joining me today. She's the chair of the DITA Oasis Technical Committee. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So happy to see you virtually. So today, uh, with the great opportunity to talk to Chris, we wanted to talk about the upcoming release of DITA 2.0, and in particular, talk about this from the perspective of current and future DITA users. We're not going to do a full overview of the specification, but I will include a a link to the draft specification and some other DITA resources that Chris has shared with us in the show notes. So if you need to do some basic research about DITA 2.0, you'll have those resources there. But with that said, what I want to talk about today is where this is going and try and gain some of your perspective, Chris, on what's happening here. So let's talk about current DITA users. If I'm a current DITA user and I'm in DITA 1.2 or 1.3, what's the most important thing or what are the dozen most important things that I need to know about DITA 2.0? Well, the first thing everybody needs to know, and this is users, tool vendors, the community, is that DITA 2.0 is our first release that is not backwards compatible. For all the DITA 1.x releases, DITA 1.2, DITA 1.3, the DITA Technical Committee really went to a great deal of trouble to ensure that all the changes we made were backwards compatible. You know, there just comes a time when you need to do some housekeeping, when you need to do cleanup, make changes, correct design mistakes, and have a backwards incompatible release. And that is DITA 2.0. So it's going to present some new challenges that folks who have been in DITA for a while and have maybe gone from 1.1 to 1.2 or 1.2 to 1.3, new challenges that those folks haven't experienced so far. It's going to be a release that is well worth current data users upgrading to. We have added very robust support for audio and video, and I think probably for the first time, it's going to make it fairly easy for folks to really have multimedia in their content without going jumping through some unnecessary hoops. And just in general, improvements to hazard statements, to simple table, and just a whole lot of nice cleanup. But it does mean that folks that are currently into DITA and who are looking towards upgrading to DITA 2.0 in the future are going to have some planning and some work to do. And the very first thing I think people need to pay attention to is performing a content audit and assessing whether their content contains deprecated items that have been removed in DITA 2.0. The biggest items that I think are going to hit folks with existing content is if you've been using the alt attribute instead of the alt element, or the nav title attribute instead of the nav title element. Those attributes are not included in DITA 2.0. And if your content has them and you move forward to DITA 2.0, you're going to see breakage. So doing cleanup of your existing content, if you have any of these items that were deprecated, 
And just as a side note, you know, those those attributes have been deprecated since 2010. So um, we're, you know, it's not as if we're, we're, we're pulling something the rug out from under people. We've kind of given notice for a long time. These are deprecated. They'll go away in the future. And DITA 2.0 is that future point. So 10 years seems like a reasonable, you know, time frame. <laughs> one, would, one would hope. I heard a rumor about steps. Tell me about steps and what you've done. Well, one of the things the, we've done at DITA 2.0 is we have removed sub-steps. Instead, we've enabled steps to nest. This was done really at the request of many, many users who said, you know, we want to be able to reuse our steps. We want to be able to reuse steps that have sub-steps. And we're running into problems because, you know, maybe we have sub-steps in one topic and they need to be steps in another topic. And, you know, just this whole structure of steps and sub-steps is impeding our reuse. And so the technical committee listened to that, and we made that change. So I think that's going to be a change that will really affect almost every implementation's task topics. The good news is that is going to be a very simple change to make across a body of content using scripting or search and replace. And the data technical committee will be producing some documentation and some scripts and some other utilities to help people do this sort of migration. I also fully expect that CCMS vendors will be providing their customers with a certain level of support. So basically, if I have a task topic today, then my first level steps would be step and my second level of steps would be sub-step. And I would, first of all, I would be able, I would get rid of sub-step and just make it step. So I would have a step with a, a nested step for the second level steps. And then you're saying you could actually have a third level of steps or fourth or fifth or. Oh, it could nest to the depths of being ridiculous. And I hope people don't do that. You know, I mean, it's certainly possible to implement some schematron rules that would restrict the level of, of steps one could do. But we know nowadays that people really, you know, if people want to have infinite levels of steps, they use the info tag, and they put in, you know, an ordered list within it and so forth. What this means, as you said, is that a thing that used to be a sub-step, which is now just a regular step, it would make reuse much easier because I don't have to worry about the fact that it was a second level step over here and over there, and I want it to be a first level step over here. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So is there any, for current DITA users, I guess there's also the tools issue, right? I mean, there's, as far as I know, very little out there right now that supports DITA 2.0 because, I mean, it hasn't been released yet. So might be asking a bit much, but that's something to keep an eye on. It is. I mean, right now, uh, the DITA Open Toolkit has a certain limited, you know, uh, support for DITA 2.0. Uh, Oxygen XML Editor ships DITA 2.0 DTDs. But yeah, as of yet, 
you know, tool vendors have not started um, making changes to their applications. You can, you know, create a DITA 2.0 topic in, you know, your Oxygen editor, but if you want to use their insert table wizard and you're trying to insert a simple table and add a title to it, you know, which is permitted in DITA 2.0, you can't do that. There, there's no support in, in the Oxygen wizard for that yet. Do you have an idea of timing? Uh, not so much for the tool vendors, but for the specification. I'm hoping that we'll have the specification and the standard released in early 2022. Or sorry, uh, early 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish it could be 2022. And this is one of the things that folks folks are always asking me, why does it take so long? You know, the wheels of standards organizations turn slowly. And to be honest, that is a good thing. Standards live around, you know, they they live for a long time, and you really want us to get things right. The reason why we've got about a year and a half runway from now is, although we have just about finished all of the grammar files, the DTDs, the RNG, the things that sort of, you know, codify the rules for the standard, we're pretty much done with that. But we've got a lot of editing the specification to go and reviewing the specification. And all of that has to happen before we kind of kick off the OASIS approval process, which takes six to eight months. So if I'm a current user, it sounds as though I need to start thinking about this and doing some research and doing maybe some planning, but there's not an immediate, you know, crisis action item. Oh, absolutely. No immediate crisis action. It is a good time to start thinking and planning. If you're a company with a, you know, decent sized data implementation, this is the time to appoint somebody to be your DITA 2.0 captain, to do research, to look at your company's content, to think about what it means for your implementation moving forward. Okay. It's a good time to test drive data. It's a little too early for people to put DITA 2.0 in production. I think that really can't happen until there is a little more support from tools and from the DITA Open Toolkit. Or if you're not using the DITA Open Toolkit for whatever processor you might be using to you know, pre-process your content or to generate your output, your, your PDFs, your HTML5, so it sounds like that's our action item is to do that research. And hey, tools people, tool vendors, we need you. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the future users? So, you know, we've been talking a little bit about the current users, people who have working implementations who could be looking at this and thinking about upgrade paths. But what about the people who are just considering DITA? They're, they're not using it, but they're thinking about it. Should they be planning to implement in, you know, in DITA 2.0, or should they just jump into 1.3? What would be the best solution there? It really depends on their time frame. You know, if you're starting to implement tomorrow, you need to stick with DITA 1.3. And to those folks, I would say, be very careful to not use 
deprecated items, to not use elements, attributes, or things that are being removed in Data 2.0. Obviously, if you're writing task topics and you need substeps, you need to use your substeps. If you are looking now and maybe thinking, uh, you know, your, your implementation is going to happen six, nine months or a year from now, you might be able to use it at 2.0. If you're, you know, probably using GitHub as your repository. Again, I think the tools are really going to be the gating factor for people to be able to use it at 2.0 in production. It sounds as though you're almost like you're saying if it's a small project that would be done in three months or six months, that's kind of a quick and dirty or not even quick and dirty, but a smaller company with a smaller content set, they might jump into Ditto 1.3 and then, you know, make the move, but it wouldn't be that big a move. Whereas if it's a big, huge, you know, enterprise behemoth that moves slowly, this might need to be on their radar. Yes. Even, I mean, even today. I think it's good to be on everybody's radar, whether you're, you know, tiny, small, medium, large, or ginormous. You know, this is the time, this is the time to appoint somebody to be your Data 2.0 resource person, to learn about it, to do that content audit, to figure out, you know, what are all the moving parts in your Data implementation that will be affected. Are there any particular um, maybe industries or subject matter areas where DITA 2.0 would be particularly helpful or, or not helpful, as the case may be? Well, one of the things we did redesign pretty extensively for DITA 2.0 is the, ha you know, it's the hazard statement element. So this is... Warnings, danger. Yeah, warning, kind of danger, caution, you know, in so very much used for machinery, for medical devices, for anything that has to comply with particular standards, like, you know, particular ISO standards around hazards or ANSI standards. So I think we, we have really listened to folks in those industries and the ways in which the hazard statement element that was introduced in 2010 was falling short. I think it's going to be very helpful for folks in the, those industries. And again, also, if you really have a pressing need to have a lot of multimedia content, the support for multimedia we're adding is very closely tied to multimedia support in HTML5. And so I think that's going to be very good news for a number of implementations. And is there anybody that you would put on the you know low priority, you don't need to do this right now, you could probably, who can wait? Wait to prepare for DITA 2.0, Sarah, or, or you know, probably don't need to go to 2.0. Yeah, more, more like... It, this is going to be lower priority for you uh, for whatever reason. Who, who is that that person where you would say there's there's not a lot here that's going to be urgent? Well, I think if you're you know if your your company is authoring content in you know data 1.2 or 1.3 and everything you know is working just fine for you, you you know, you're not experiencing any difficulties with hazard statements. You're 
not trying to do filtering on book maps, if you're not experiencing any problems. Do you have any other, you know, big picture advice for people that are thinking about this? Um, anything that we haven't covered that people should consider or know or think about? Um, well, I do have one thing I a- I'll add. You asked who I thought would really benefit for Dita, from Dita 2.0. And I think companies, if you're using the troubleshooting topic, mm-hmm. you know, one of the key things added in Dita 2.0 is we added, you know, structured elements for providing diagnostic information. So if you've been kind of, if you've been shoehorning diagnostic information in into troubleshooting topics, now with Dita 2.0, you're going to have a, you know, a good semantic place to put that content. So that's another area that folks will really get to see some benefit. Okay. Well, Chris, I really appreciate your time today and sharing all your, your hard, hard earned wisdom and knowledge about what's coming up as the expert. And I think with that, I'm going to close it out. I will leave, uh, as I said, I will leave some additional Dita 2.0 resources in the show notes so that you can, you, the listener, can do your your research and figure out where this is going. And we will make sure that we have some possible way of contacting Chris if you have any inquiries about, you know, the, the Dita 2.0 committee and those kinds of things. And with that, Thank you for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links. Mm-hmm.